Hi everybody and welcome to my community podcast which is a conversation with me Nikki Aiken. Today's episode focuses on the important issues affecting people living and working locally in the constituency. My constituency is the cities of London and Westminster. Uh, you can listen to my podcast on all the usual places including Apple and Spotify. And today we are concentrating on the national lockdown, our third lockdown in eight or nine months, I think it is. Uh, and we are particularly today going to be concentrating on the pressures that the pandemic is placing on our hospitals in the capital and in my constituency. And the literally amazing, incredible work that our NHS staff are undertaking on our behalf and we all have seen the TV packages and in the newspapers and on social media, the acute pressure that our hospitals are now under with the new variant of COVID-19. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Jeremy Cordingly, who is a consultant in intensive care medicine at Bart's Hospital in the city. Jeremy, welcome and thank you so much for taking this time out of your incredibly busy schedule. I know how busy you can be. Can you just give me a bit of a, an example of what it's like for you and your team and intensive care units across the country at the moment? Yes, yeah, so uh, intensive care units across the country and particularly in London, the southeast and the east of England have seen a huge rise in activity related to COVID-19 and have had to absolutely extend their efforts enormously to try and look after all the patients that they're being referred. In London, this is being coordinated across the whole city of London because we haven't had even pressures across the whole city. And that has meant that because of excess pressure in some parts of the city, we've had to move patients around to other parts of London. North London has, North East London has been particularly badly affected by COVID-19. We've had very high infection rates across the whole of the east of London, which have resulted in very large numbers of patients being admitted to hospital and subsequently being admitted to intensive care, which has stretched the service considerably. Now, are you seeing a, a, a difference now compared to what it was like in the beginning of this pandemic in the spring? Yeah, there's several differences. Instead of being a very short, sharp rise in patients, what we've seen is a long, a long, slow increase, a burn into the most recent sudden rise in activity, which means that our hospitals were already full of patients before we then had a really a very impressive surge just before Christmas and heading up uh, to where we are now. So that meant we were already in a much more difficult position. We've had to admit more patients at one time than we did in April. So every service is under even more pressure than it was then. And um, that goes for the staff as well. The staff are also under considerably more pressure than they were in March, April and May uh, of last year. And how are you guys, you know, members of staff, coping? I mean, do you have coping mechanisms? You know, I, and also, I mean, how do you deal with having to what, do you work longer hours? Are you working more shifts? How, how's it all going for the staff? So the way, the way that care has been organised to be increased in North East London is that we've identified hospitals which can act as what we call surge centres, although it's true that every hospital has had to do much more, probably twice as much, at least intensive care, than it normally does. But we focused major growth at um, Queen's Hospital in Romford and at the Royal London Hospital in Whitechapel. And so, for instance, the Royal London Hospital in Whitechapel, which normally has 44 intensive care beds to look after patients today, has 150 patients in intensive care. So the, you can see that the scale of increase in activity is truly extraordinary. 
that has been accomplished by large redeployments of staff, both from other hospitals to here. So the major contingent of staff from Bart's Hospital has moved to the Royal London Hospital. Uh, also staff from Whips Cross have moved to the Royal London Hospital and some from Newham. And in addition, we've asked all sorts of staff who don't normally work in critical care to transfer their work into there with some training induction and really just you know get on with it under as much supervision as we can provide to ensure the service is safe but you can imagine the challenges of escalating from a 44 bedded intensive care unit to one of 150 beds in a very short period of time has been uh, extraordinary both not just from staffing but also the logistics and also around communications with patients and their and their families it's been and there's been a, a a big team effort from across the whole trust in fact the whole sector to uh, allow this to happen mm. and what knock-on effect is it having with um, staff staff morale but also stress levels so um, extra support has been put in place to help staff um, to get through this in terms of effects on staff, yes, they're having to work in an environment that they don't normally work in. They're having to, many of them, many of them are having to work additional hours. Some of them are working in different hospitals. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a big ask for them. I think the biggest stress is on the nursing staff. They're being asked to look after more patients than they would normally be asked to look after. And not only that, they're asked to supervise other members of staff who aren't necessarily as qualified as they are to help them in that task so it's a doubly stressful environment for them to have to to work and obviously nursing numbers are one of our biggest uh, issues in terms of suddenly increasing the size that we have done uh, not just here but across the whole of London it's exactly the same issues which are that we need more nurses essentially. Are you seeing the private sector the private health sector is helping on that side at all? So there's been some some movement of staff in the private sector, but in fact, the main effort has been to move some activity into the private sector that we've had to stop at uh, in the in the NHS. Yeah. And the patients you're looking after at the moment, has there been a change in the demographics you've seen now compared to uh, the beginning of the pandemic? I think it's probably a bit early to say exactly. We certainly think that in the last few weeks, we've seen a few more younger patients coming through into critical care. So how many uh, patients would you normally see on a normal day pre-COVID? Well, as I say, here at Royal London, we have 44 intensive care beds. We normally would only ventilate 22 patients at Royal London, normally 22. Today, I can tell you, at Royal London, we are ventilating, well, we have 150 patients now, and we're ventilating over 120 of them. So it's a, you know... It's, it's extraordinary. And the only way we've done this is by opening enormous 15-bedded uh, intensive care units on the 14th and 15th floor. And it is a truly extraordinary thing. OK. Um, and it, it, the hospital usually um, is a specialist for cardiology, I think. Is that right? So, yeah, Bart's Hospital is a, is a specialist cardiothoracic hospital and cancer hospital, yes. And how is that work being affected by the pandemic at the moment? So we've tried to carry out as much um, cancer treatments as we possibly can. From a cardiac surgery perspective, we've had to reduce the number of operations that have been carried out, as we have with every type of surgery across the trust. And so they were only really carrying out life-threatening uh, problems at the moment um, because we don't have the capacity to offer the intensive care 
that's associated with major operations. Plus also we've redeployed a lot of the staff from the operating theatres mm -hmm. anaesthetic service into critical care. So what's your message to people who will be listening to this podcast today who may be thinking that the restrictions that we've all had to live under since March are getting too much and the latest lockdown now our third in 10 months. What's your message to them? My message is that this is really serious. This is the biggest civil emergency we've had for well, certainly in my lifetime and probably for quite a while before that. We all need to do our best to try and bring it to an end as quickly as possible and the message for the public is clear there is a whole range of rules about people's behavior which they need to stick to and the sooner that most more people stick to that the better because we've got to try and keep the infection rates down and get this under control secondly if people are offered a vaccine they really should go and have it we vaccination is absolutely key to trying to get this whole situation under control and we really want anyone who's offered a vaccine to go and have it as soon as they can. And obviously the vaccine programme is being, is being rolled out as we speak and I know that more and more hubs are being opened every day. You're involved in the running the one at the Excel Centre, am I right? So Bart's Health is helping to run a, yes that's right, a vaccination hub at the Excel Centre. Yeah, well I think you're absolutely right about encouraging people to do the, the right thing. It's, we're all in this together aren't we? And as you say the sooner we can ensure that less people are coming in to hospitals uh, at the same time having the vaccine program rolling out then we will begin to see an easing of the pressures that you and your staff are under yeah absolutely so i mean just, just to put it into context we are the services in northeast london are so full from a critical care perspective that we have now started to move patients out of london so that we can actually still continue to take more patients in and we're moving patients now to the midlands on a daily basis to actually mean that we can still provide a critical care service in london so that's how serious it is so you know the services within london are not that far off being overwhelmed by this so it's really important that people do what they can to try and bring this to a close which is to follow the guidance about social distancing don't go out if they don't need to and get vaccinated uh, if they possibly can as soon as they're offered it. How are you, Jeremy, personally coping with all this? Because I guess you've never seen anything like this in your working career. I've never seen anything like, no, I don't think anybody has. As I said, I think this is the biggest crisis that we've, that we've seen in, in my lifetime. I think uh, I'm very lucky because I work with a, a whole group of people who are absolutely committed to doing our best to try and make sure that uh, we can provide the best service we can given the resources we are given at any particular time and I can tell you that there are huge numbers of people both in the trust across the NHS as a whole across London who are working incredibly hard to try and maintain services under extraordinary conditions and that's really what um, uh, keeps me going actually is being part of a huge team that are committed to to doing that and um, I think that's uh, you know very very rewarding for me. Well, Jeremy, I won't take up any more of your time because I know how busy you and your uh, team are. And thank you so much for sparing some time for me today uh, and for uh, all the work and the service you, you and everyone in the NHS is providing our country at the moment. You know, you really are heroes. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you guys are doing. Well, thank you very much for um, the opportunity to um, speak with you this afternoon. Thank you. Take care.